0: Governor, thank you so much for coming on Startup Seroid today. Uh I'm I'm really excited. We've played golf a couple of times. you have sort of gotten yeah. to know each other over time. And uh, I love what you're sort of doing for 2021 and what the what the your strategy is for investing. We're gonna get into all of those things. But before we do, start with a quick introduction. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure. Uh Gaurav, I belong to Delhi. In fact, outskirts of Delhi, a small town called Faridabad. So I'm more like a small town guy Uh, and uh, educated in Delhi, raised in Delhi, NCR, which is like a greater LA times. And uh, I did my MBA from Bombay and moved to US 2003. Uh, Basically, I, I came through an IT company typical sales guy trying to get projects from you know insurance companies property casualty uh, I was in Melville in New York uh, 2008 once you know this all this green card trap thing is there uh, I wanted to do something on my own uh, and being the sales guy I thought can I do something which will let's find identify the problem areas uh, you know sales guys are lazy people. They don't like to fill the reports. They don't like to make cold calls. They want everything ready. Give them on a silver plate and they think they can close and they're very good at closing and so on and so forth, but nobody wants to do the legwork. So I picked that work that we will call for you and we will get you an appointment. So even if you are a Microsoft BU head, geography head, you know, you're heading $8 billion infra business. Your next year target is $9 billion or $10 billion. Whosoever you are, even if you are a $3 trillion country, your next year target is $3.5 trillion. So anyway, you have to grow. And in the growth, there are two parts. Either you get net new business from new customers or you grow the existing customer. There is no other third way, unless until you go with, you know, acquisitions and all that. M And in both cases, whether you want net new logos, business, or you want exi- to grow existing business, you need to talk and present your uh, products or offerings to the customer, more people at customer side. so let's say you are you know Microsoft or IBM uh, and Starbucks is not your customer hypothetically. so you you know your senior vice president says, "I want to meet the chief technology officer of Starbucks, and I can save five percent of his time." in, you know, whatever, in supply chain. I can save 8% of his time by doing e-commerce business. And, you know, I can I can increase the revenue by 15% by creating a Starbucks online e-commerce store. Whatever, you know, I can save on cybersecurity, whatever their offerings are. The first step is identify who is the guy. And everybody thought, it's easy. I will do some Google research. I'll do a LinkedIn, I'll find figure out the roles are not very clear mm-hmm. who is doing what so we took that role we now call we have mapped fortune 10000 companies every single decision maker influencer in any office so cio office cmo office cto office procurement office legal office finance office operations etc so on and so forth so if there are in starbucks if there are 25 cxos that means 25 different offices we have mapped cxo -1 -2 -3 who is the influencer wow, okay. a cio might be the decision maker but he doesn't know what is happening at -2 level
0: right he
1: really relies on his senior director you know person x that this guy is good if he tells me that i have a cyber security issue and we should do i am going to do it
0: right.
1: so then we started identifying who has a say who is the influencer who is the decision maker you know, who, how many of them have EAs? What is their direct phone number? What is their email addresses? What time the EA comes? What time the EA goes? Is the EA helping in getting meetings on the calendar for new vendors? Or is right. she a gatekeeper trying to keep her boss or his boss busy, uh, you know, and not all of us like, you know, trying to get on his calendars. Right. We mapped everything in last 13 years. Wow. And then we said, we are going to get you meetings. So IBM, if you're looking for, you know any geography any industry any offering any vertical tell us and we are going to get you so they say my day this year net new business target is 400 million dollars i'm just throwing some numbers and my average ticket size is 10 million dollars i need 400 different customers or whatever number of customers right, right. how do i get it and then we say okay let's look at geography wise state wise city wise company wise revenue wise we do all this cutting and chopping and we build a icp ideal customer profile for him and then we say what are the offerings i have 15 offerings okay let's do the organization mapping that for your offering infra who is a decision maker who is a you know influencer map every single guy at every single customer you need so the next two four six eight weeks we are mapping their offerings with the customers across geography then they say hey i'm global you're doing good replicate this in australia Can you do the same thing in Africa? How about Europe? In Europe, I want French and German and Italian language, Spanish and Polish also. Can you do a separate campaign for UK? It was pretty crazy. And if IBM has 200 sales reps in NetNew logo, each of them want one or two meetings a week on their calendar because everybody wants to talk. So even if they're the best in the market, I'm trying to say the first step is, can you get me in front of the customer? Then I will take care of it.
0: Right. So first
1: and foremost, in the first four, five, six years, we started doing that, get them in front of customers. Yeah. Then the problem started. Hey, you got me the meeting, taking the same example with chief information officer of Starbucks. Now, what do I do? I got the meeting. I'm yeah. flying my guy from India. And then somebody's coming from New York. And you know, he's yeah. my domain guy. He's my vertical guy. He's my technology guy. Four people sit for a lunch meeting with the CIO. What to talk? They yep. don't want to hear, let's say, how great is Wipro or TCL right. or Accenture? They know that. Right. What's in it for him? So then we started mapping. Can we identify his pain areas? What is yep. giving him sleepless nights? What is he searching online? You know, how can you make him a hero in his company? Who is he right. currently working with? What you know partners and vendors are working for him What are not working so great? Where is the entry level? What if he wants it, but he needs a champion. What happens if procurement wants to get in this so on and so forth. And then we started getting into account profiling. And then he said, this was great. You got me the meeting. You gave me the battle cards, what to talk. Now I'm there. Then the problem was what happens after the first meeting you met him. Great. And now he's not replying to your calls. He's not replying to your emails. (laughs) And then we started nurturing the accounts. And then we started organizing call events. Let's take. San Jose, seven customers together to day event at Pebble Beach. Right. Because in the whole day, you this let's do a webinar, let's do a CIO round table, let's do a wine and cheese dinner, a wine and cheese event. So everything I'm telling you for the last two, three minutes was connecting the ecosystem for our customers, helping them win new accounts, and the same logic goes growing the existing accounts with some 25% things here and there. Right. This is what we do now. Uh, you know, we have a team back in India. They do magic. Amazing. We have trained them on domains and technologies and geographies and how to get meetings. We have developed the best database. We have taken all these subscriptions possible globally. Uh, right. We are supporting, I think, almost globally every country now, every language. So that's this is this what is, we
0: do. This is such an amazing system that you've built for... Startups as well, right? We you mentioned a couple of very high-level companies, you know, Fortune 500 type companies. But when when we're talking to founders who might be listening, they're they're really focused on doing the same exact thing, but it might be at a smaller level. It might be at not Fortune 500, but maybe at the Fortune 5,000 level. Um, so 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 the the problem
1: yeah. remains the same.
0: Whether yeah. you're a Microsoft, you're a Amazon, you're a
1: IBM, or you're a startup. The problem remains the same. In fact, for startup, it is all the more relevant because they're so passionate They are so passionate and they're hungry for new business, you know, and they want to test their product or the offering because they're still in the startup stage. If you give them a meeting, the probability of they converting that meeting to a customer or taking them to the next level in the sales funnel, if you see Mm -hmm. is far higher than if you give the same lead to IBM guy or Microsoft or Infosys or Wipro or Excel, right. Because for them, addition of account is another fish in the pond. They have 1100 customers. This one was 1101.
0: Right.
1: For somebody who has two customers startup and those two were also through references, family and friends and previous companies, every addition means a lot to his top line and bottom line and confidence. Absolutely. So whatever I said makes more sense. Yep. To startups,
0: absolutely. So this is fantastic. So um, we're and you also invest in startups and help them go through this journey. You sort of mentor them and guide them through that. Um, so we're going to talk a lot about that as well. Um, but before we do, I, I know you have an amazing, you know, plan for your personal life for twenty twenty one. I want to touch on that a little bit. So uh, it gives founders that context, you know, where you are and what what your expectations are. So tell us what you sort of decided for 2021.
1: So God has given more than what I deserve. First of all, I don't (laughs) deserve whatever I've got. And I have a mentor. And I think for me, God and mentor, my mentor is at same level. If he's not above that, Uh, you know, with COVID happening, you know, the world was very different. thousands and thousands of people lost their lives. And we were all on the edge at some point. We didn't know what's going to happen to us. Nobody knew this dark tunnel. You know, what's the end? There was no ray of hope in the first three, six months. And all this money, power, contacts, networking, relationships didn't matter at all. You could still not get vaccine. You could still not be saved. Even if you are a CEO of a company or a richest guy, you don't know what to do. If you are impacted. So personally, I thought that this is the time. And everything was closed, slow down. So it was not intentional. Some things were by design, some happened by default. I thought I want to slow down and I want to spend more time with my daughter. Being a single dad, you know, this was a good opportunity. It was work from home. There was no school. I mean, it was online school. In between, there was, you know, there were problems. So we both decided, let's spend some time. We, you know, my mentor pushed me, why don't you restart golf? I've started a couple of times in the past, could not justify the time. I always told myself, know, I'm too busy for golf golf is for retired people. I cannot commit two, three, four hours a day. I am busy every possible excuse in the book. I had not to golf. I want to play something that is 30, 45 minutes. You know, why take three, four hour game. And the bottom line was, it was a very tough game and it needs a lot of patience. But this time he pushed me invest in health. So he got me into yoga. Then we started a company on yoga, online yoga. And he got me hooked to golf. So now I have decided to take my life easy. Uh, for 2021, all I'm doing is maybe two, three hours of work a day because of the business there. We have, you know, fantastic line two team that has taken over my role and other roles uh, in the company, in the new initiatives. We have with, you know, hired a couple of very senior guys. So one was internal people got promoted, some external help we got. I still spend some time there. But other than that, I'm doing a lot of vacations local. I'm spending more time with my daughter. I'm golfing. I'm I'm watching more of Netflix. I'm doing everything <laughs> more except work. So right. from a hard worker, I'm now a hardly worker. I could say. So, <laughs>
0: No, this is such a fantastic lesson that we all sort of have to learn in life because as entrepreneurs, as founders, you know, we want to think that we're indisp- uh, indispensable and that if we stepped, out, stepped away, the company would collapse. But you reach a point, you know, a- as you sort of grow your company and as you advance, you have to develop that second bench. A- and you reach a point when, you know, you're getting in the way and when you sort of, take that lesson and you sort of step back and let the right people do the right things, uh, the business will grow despite of you, right? No, this is so true what you're talking.
1: I mean, we just talked about it. You know, Somebody said to me, life is full of, graveyard is full of people who thought they are indispensable. Right. And I used to think right. I'm the stock founder, I'm the CEO, I made this company, I got this customer, I have this relationship, I got the team. So it was a lot of I, 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 I. Right. And once my mentor Rahul started working with me and he said, let's do VVV and let's see what happens in the next three, four months. It was more of you, 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 because the work started <laughs> going from me to you, oh, right. you got this customer, you get to travel, you know, you meet the you know existing customers, right. you build the team, you do the HR. So from I to V to me, uh, to you, the journey took right. six, seven, eight months, maybe a year, but The company is growing. We have never seen the growth in last 12 years what we have seen in last 12 months. Last six months, in fact, the first six months of COVID were pretty bad. We got hit like everybody else. We have never seen this growth. We have never done this level of aggressive hiring in our company, never in 12, 13 years. Uh, We have never won so many customers in our life. What we have won in last five years, we have won more in last seven months. Uh, wow. First time in our life, we have gone back to customers and helped them find a different vendor and do the transition at no cost to other companies, because we were facing challenges, you know, there. So everything worked out pretty well, and my contribution to this entire success story of last few months is under five percent.
0: Uh, <laughs> you know,
1: the more is of the team that has been doing it. I would say, yeah. and obviously guided by, you know, as I said, you need a mentor, you need a coach, you need somebody who has. Been there, done that multiple times with multiple companies. So he knew the path and then he had the team, which just blindly followed him. And I was the last man in that team walking behind because everybody was more than happy to take initiative. And that is what I realized. I tell all these founders and investors, you may be more passionate. You may know your product or company more than anybody else in the world, but you're nothing without your team, nothing. Absolutely. And then you need to empower them and trust them. Yep. And I have done that mistake for many years thinking, oh, I can do better selling than them or anybody. But now what I'm seeing in last couple of years and especially last seven, eight months, the way they do the selling and the way they are managing the customers and the way they are delivering what we commit is phenomenal what I used to do at my prime. Right. Because in passion, what we talk that my company will do this and our offerings and this, the reality was 30% less maybe or 20% less or 50% right. less in some engagements. They are committing what they know that they can deliver because they all have come from that background. Right. Me, me being a sales guy, I don't know how to say no. So I'd say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll do it. But they don't say, yeah, I can do it. So yep. that has been phenomenal. I think every founder should realize without team, they're nothing. Yep. Uh, I think you and me were talking last week I rate idea one out of 10 and I'm being very generous. Now, right. Nine is for the founder's passion, his background and the team. If that is intact, even if he decides tomorrow that he wants to come up with a cola drink, which the market is overloaded with Pepsi's and Coke's and zillion others, I would still right. back him. Right. But if there is no team, no passion, no risk taking ability, and even if he comes up with the most unique idea, That this is what I can do, and I'm not saying this is success mantra. I don't follow that business. I have decided I will not invest. That's it. I'm not saying what is right or wrong, good or bad. What should be done? We don't follow that path. So we invest in team and the passion and the risk taking ability of the founder.
0: That's amazing. And see, a lot of founders have to learn this lesson that that you're sort of laying out so eloquently that you know, it may start out as a individual player on the field where they're, they're really starting and they're really, you know, putting the right pieces in place. But as part of that process, the next step is putting the right team in front of you and then empowering that team to start out, start executing on your behalf. And then step three is what you're doing now, which is step away from the field, you become the coach and you put in a captain who can lead that team. Uh, I think from I
1: to V to U is a journey everybody has to do. Whether you do it in the initial part or somewhere in the middle after 10, 15 years or at some point in your life, this I to V to U will happen. Whether it is personal life or it is professional life. You look at everything, you know, and the other thing for a founder or a, you know, those passionate startup companies and individuals, and we were all. I think you should have a mentor or a coach. Mm. They just help you in so many other things, both personally and professionally, because they know you much more than you know yourself. We were overconfident. We were more passionate, less realistic, not, and then we don't understand 360 degree, you know, from finance, to people management, to customer satisfaction, to delivery, to to operations, to managing so many things. It's not easy. And then you don't have that. And you try to take people, bring them on board and tell them what to do. Because you think you have sought out everything. I think the role of a coach or a mentor is far more important than what we have seen traditionally. And that is, I feel very strongly. If you can have more than one coach, great. If not, have one at least who knows your temperament, who knows that business. Uh, I'm very fortunate and lucky to have one, but I think they can speed up your success and they can tell you areas where you may potentially fail. That's it. So that you are more cautious and more guarded, you know, for that. That's it. I think these two things I feel are most important, a team and a coach
0: slash mentor. I think that, coach, also the really important thing that a lot of uh, founders lose is that outside perspective, right? Because you're in the trenches, you're working in the business day-to-day, this is essentially uh, a coach or a mentor essentially provides that outside perspective, you know, and they can see things that you cannot see from the trenches. And look at
1: yourself, look yeah. at Startup Steroid. If I look at you and Anshuman, suppose you're talking to, You know, 100 companies, Mm startups. And tomorrow, somebody takes your advice and he keeps telling you this is this. You will say, wait, wait, wait. I have seen 100 other companies. (laughs) I have done this journey, this path, this passion that I see from you, I hear from everybody or maybe 50% of them are this passionate. You may be in the top 5%. But let me tell you, in last 100 conversations and my interaction and you and Anshuman sit and you smile when the guy goes out of the room Because you have seen it so many times and this is the role, this is exactly exactly what a lot of startups want for people to tell, they don't want everybody to come and say, yes, go ahead. I think you can do it. (laughs) They need people like, yeah, you have a very good idea. You have a very good team. But what I see based on my experience, I have interviewed hundred more people. These are three areas where I don't think you're doing good. This is the area where you're solid build on it. I think you're doing awesome here whatever name you call it, a mentor or a coach or a guide or a philosopher or a friend, the role is simple. You are helping them. And yeah. I think this is more important. And then it, there is always some mavericks, out of the box thinkers who will not listen and still go and become the next, you know, Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. And there are yeah. exceptions. I'm talking about out of a million, you will see two or three or ten or hundred. What about other Nine hundred
0: ninety-nine thousand. Absolutely,
1: I think we all are those categories. At least I am in that average category. Yeah. Passionate, but I needed that somebody to show me the torch and say, "Go in that direction." Also, yep. make sure there are two speed breakers here, one pit there, and yep. then I know you are pretty good at this.
0: Navigate. Exactly. Exactly. So GPS. Yeah, (laughs) GPS is perfect. Yeah, no, uh, you know, once in a generation type unique thinkers, like you mentioned, Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or uh, Steve Jobs before them, um, that's rare. And most people become successful by having a coach or a mentor. And, you know, look, uh, uh, having them sort of show them the way and point out the potholes on the way. Uh, Another thing that I think we're sort of dancing around and I want to just sort of highlight is, the difference between working in your business and working on your business from a founder's perspective right uh, and you know the the time you spend with your mentor or your coach uh, is time spending you know is time spent working on your business and that's so important and a lot of founders sort of lose sight of that because they're so involved in their technology or the sales or you know those those small, uh, lower level functions tell us a little bit about how you sort of look at that uh, that sort of, you know, uh, that's a that very good.
1: Picture. That's a very good point you raised. Uh, I met somebody twenty years back, and he gave me a very nice example. In fact, I wrote a blog on my social media around a year back. It's called the Arjun's Dilemma, mm-hmm. and and the same analogy. So it's not by me. I'm copying it. What he taught me. Uh, I used to work in India, and he used to be my much senior in the company. So he was from IIT. And one day we were sitting and he said, do you understand Arjun's dilemma. And what you said exactly the way I'm telling you what he said. He said, Arjun was the best, you know, Dhanodhar and all that yep. in the world. At that time, he was the best. He could see the eye of a fish and hit it. Right. So that was his focus. That was his focus, concentration, target, goal in life. I'm trying to put the same analogy, in, you know, in today's context, but the same Arjun who was the most talented, the most skillful, focused. He can only see the eye of a fish got confused in life when he came to the battleground to fight the Mahabharata. And he said, he left his weapons. He said, I can't do it. Why should I do it? And this is my family and all that stuff. He needed a uh, Krishna to guide him and tell him that, do your karma. And this is that all that, you know, the Gita yeah. thing started. And he exactly. said, that's the Arjun's dilemma. That on one phase of life, when the world thought there's nobody as focused as him and as skillful as him, right? The same guy surrenders, leaves his weapon and says, I cannot fight. Yeah. So what you mentioned is right. The role of a coach is not new. If you go yeah. back to our mythology and all these history and Absolutely. whatever fights have happened. Look at how they used to bring them back to focus. Yep. Krishna didn't do anything. The role was Krishna was very simple to tell Arjun what he could have, what he can do yep. and how to do. Look at the role of a caddy for Tiger Woods. he tell oh, use this club, this club, this degree, this role of Tiger is pick that club and hit it what he saying. That's right. it. And yep. that itself is very important. If you look at cricket, you know, everybody says, Sachin Tendulkar, nobody, I mean, he gives is to his coach, you know, Ramakar, that this is what he did. Otherwise, right. I would not get where I am today. And in every sphere of field, we have seen the promoters, the starters. One thing is common. They're very passionate. Yep. They're very passionate. I have yet to see a founder promoter of a product or a service who thinks this is just run on the mill. <laughs> I am... right i'm doing the same business what 85000 people are doing everybody will show their usp passion yep. but the same guy gets defocused after 6 8 10 months and will find reasons you know what this product has this problem i checked up with them if we did a user case not accepting the problem was with you not the product <laughs> or the offering right and, and i think that focus is very important other with passion yeah. and A lot of us, including me, lose this focus. It's very, very difficult to keep eye on the ball and every day come do the same thing, come and do the same thing and practice and practice and practice. Whether it's any sports, whether it's, you know, you dig mathematics, the only thing is practice or it's business. And answering your question, I think that is very important. How to keep that momentum there.
0: Really well said. And you're right that, you know, even 5,000 years ago, 6,000 years ago, we had coaches and we had mentors uh, on the battlefield uh, guiding the troops. So I, I completely agree with you that this is not a new thing. But it's at the Look at, a, the, look at the caste provided. system we
1: have in India. Look at the caste system we had in India 5,000 years or whatever years back. Yeah. You had the most powerful Kshatriya here. You know, any, whether it was, you know, any king But even above that, they kept the Brahmins. Brahmins, even in that caste system, who are going to guide the king what to do in day to day life, how to deal with your, you know, your people, how to deal with your family, how to deal with your friends, how to deal with your enemies, how to fight a war. This guy was only supposed to do what this guy would guide. And that's the same thing, a coach or a role
0: model or a mentor. So I think that becomes more and more relevant. And and I think that translates perfectly into today's uh, 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 environment or today's corporate culture where everyone thinks that CEO is the highest level you can reach. And it often isn't. CEO is actually governed by a board of directors or a board of advisors that really guide that CEO, right? Um, And uh, most people don't consider those those, uh, boards uh, or don't give them the enough uh, importance. And they think that CEO is the top level when it really isn't. Um, so it, I think that translates perfectly into today's uh, environment. And, that, uh, you know, when we talk about startups and founders, founders are reluctant to get boards or ha- bring in uh, outside advisors into the company. But they really shouldn't be. That, th- those advisors are really what's going to make you successful. Right? See, that's the greed. That's the greed because
1: everybody's thinking they are the next millionaire and billionaires. And this is the most unique idea. What if I bring him on board and I have to give him some equity and I have to give him, you know, it's such small thinking, such small thinking. This is the pie. They think they don't know if you get board advisory board and experts of all the lines, this pie is this big. Even if you get this out of this pie is much, much, much bigger than this. So I think that very myopic vision that they have and possessiveness and greed. I will not even use the possessive, it's the greed because they think it's my idea. I can do it. He will just come give some ideas. He doesn't even know my business. If he knew it, he would be the entrepreneur. We have all the logics in the world to convince ourselves. Why not to part some equity? You used a very good line and I think I now agree more. Doing business as a CEO and bringing a professional. So, as you said, on and in. I think that's the difference. No founder, no founder, I mean, most of us who are founders, we struggle bringing a professional to run the business because we think we know our business very well. But a professional is a professional who knows exactly what to do. He has done it in the past, been there, done that. He has a bigger vision. He has more experience in a lot of other things, you can be part of it. But I have realized that if I was a decision maker in Beyond Codes, let's take an example. I think we would not even be half of what we are today. Wow. So we got some professional help.
0: Right. It's the
1: same product that we have. It's the same offering that we have. It's the same team that we have, but a different mindset. Right. You know, right. If somebody would write a mail to me seven, eight years back, uh, you know, Kumar, I have to go to, Uh, let's say, Bangalore from Delhi, you know, to meet a customer and, you know, they are calling me this, that my focus was not what he's trying to do. My focus was, are you flying? Which airlines? How much is the (laughs) ticket? Where will you stay? That's the mindset of a founder.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, why is he going Why a Friday meeting? Why can't you do this? When you're meeting, can you meet three other people because you're already flying? Can you meet existing customers or prospects? Small, you know, the thinking is small pound The moment you get professionals there, they're talking, Hey, that's great. You must go. In fact, you should put it as a recurring uh, calendar meeting, right. you should go travel Bangalore, by the way, take him out for dinner. Let's do this thing. Let's do that thing. And yep. you look at him and like, Hey, the trip was, could have been in 20,000 rupees, you made it 50,000 and you made yep. it recurring. And right. he will look up to you and he say, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and I think right. it's the greed. Not that they don't understand founders, it's the possessiveness of equity. This entire thing of value and valuation is so misrepresented by some success stories that they hear from their friend. This guy made this million, this guy exited, got these many million. They hear 10 success stories and they feel this is, this is the reality. No, there are 990 who have failed, but they just keep quiet. Yep. The, yep. What is amplified is those ten success stories. Everybody talks about it on social media because they have written the story, how good was their exit. You know, Facebooks and LinkedIns and other things and pressures and platforms like Thai and Vistage and YPOs and NASCOMs and others. Nobody has ever come on Thai platform and said, Let me tell you a story today, how I came with millions with me and today I'm left with nothing. They all will come and we all will come (laughs) to share our rags to riches story. I came with $200. Today I have 20 million, 50 million. I have never seen the reverse. Whereas the reality is all of us have failed more than any other. Any, we have done, I have done more mistakes, seen more failures than successes. And I'm very sure all those who are here on any platform have seen more failures. The only thing that differentiates to all those you know, startup people, I will say, is every time we fall, we would just dust ourselves, clean the dust, and then start walking, running, jogging again. That's the Absolutely. only difference. Absolutely. That one should not be scared of failures or setbacks or, yeah, but if you know that that was a wrong decision, one should be wise enough to pull out also. And yep. acceptance of failure is very important. But I think that's the only difference between entrepreneur and a non-entrepreneur. Yep. Others will chicken out and say, Hey, I had a job of 250, 300, 400 K. Let me go back while this right. guy is saying, no, I will try more. I will try more. I think that's right. the only thing that differentiates and founders should strongly believe they will see setbacks, they will see failures and their business model, whatever they have made business plans, you can throw it out of the window in six months time, because you <laughs> will get more revenue from things that you have not thought of when you started right. this venture. We never thought. We thought we were a call center fixing appointments (laughs) and today we do everything else, but
0: that. (laughs) So
1: good luck to them.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's such a fantastic note to end the interview on, but I have that one last question for you before I let you go. And that last question is, um, what is the one action step that you can suggest to the founders that are listening? Um, that they must do before they give you that first call or send you that first email? Um, What is the one thing that you look for in startups? We touched on a hundred different things uh, in the last half hour, but that that most important, what's the top of the list for you? I
1: think it's the matchmaking and thankfully the kind of platforms you have, whether it is startup steroids and other platforms, you have to do research on what kind of investor you want. Investment money is very expensive, very expensive. If you have picked the wrong investor who only gives you money, that's it. And not contributing to your success, cannot accelerate your business in any form, whether it is sales or technology or guidance or getting you access to outside world with his contacts and network, and it's only money. And he's looking at return on money. At least we are out. I have not done a single investment ever in my life where it's just investment and we forget and no role, no contribution. So if you are expecting that you will come to us and say, I, we are valued at $5 million, which is very bare minimum. And I'm looking to do a, you know, this thing of 5% and this not interested. Tell me why you have chosen me. If you come to me and say, Hey, you know, you have done this, you do this. You can help me in that new business. You can help me grow existing customer by the way. So your LinkedIn, these seven contacts that you have, and they have written recommendations for you on LinkedIn. And I have done background check. These are my biggest potential customers. By the way, you have an India center. Can we leverage that? I also saw your whatever, X investments. And I think those investments have a direct connect. Two of them have, you have to come up with a case study. Story, why me? Because if it's only give me the money and I can do the rest, God bless every investor who can do that. And I'm not saying that's a bad strategy. A lot of them do that. And this is great if they can. We don't do it that. We only, yep. I personally invest, you know, through some reference where we talk to them. Why do you need the money? So it's those five why. Keep asking, why do you need the money? Right. I need the money to grow. Why do you need to grow? Because yeah. I need to do this. Why do you need to do this? Oh, I need net new customers. Why? Right. Because I have the team sitting in India who's on bench. Can we grow that? Or I want to increase my revenue. And then we say, okay, you're looking for 50,000. We'll give you 250,000. Yep. We'll pick this equity and if your biggest challenge is new customers we'll take the load we'll get you customers so i think that's one thing they need to do research on every single person they are going after for investment because they have to pay a price and they better pay the right price you know on one side they are so possessive about their equity initially they don't want to get advisory board or any sweat equity or ESOP, everybody's possessive. On the other side, they're willing to talk to investor on the valuation and give him more money and take, or give him more equity, take more money without finding that that marriage. I think that is the only thing I would say they should do more research. Even if they are coming on a platform with their 10 investors, they have to make a pitch. They should spend 10 days researching on those 10 and mark, hey, I got a. With you, I have seen it. This is what you need to do. With you, right. I know this is what you do. I think that right. is more important. Where we feel, okay, the guy has done some research and now he's making sense. So Absolutely. that's my two cents.
0: That's such fantastic advice. Uh, a lot of founders out there are just uh, cold emailing hundreds, if not thousands of investors hoping to get one or two checks. And that really isn't the right approach. Find the you know, two or three or five key investors that, can help you get to the next level, not just with the check, but with also, and it will
1: save a lot of time for them by cold calling and cold emailing and this and that it is better to identify your 10 people, 10 investors, go inch wide, mile deep in them rather than doing a reverse strategy. They go to mile wide and only inch deep. I would go the other way around, identify whatever that number is, but go deep there, find the right matchmaking and that is so compelling that they will they should come back to you. We should be the one calling, hey, what have you decided? And yep. he's like, let me see. Okay. No, but why? I'm willing to, you know, do the same <laughs> investment that you asked for yeah. at the same price. Yeah, but it should be the other way around. Not that after the first call, you are emailing me twice a week, leaving voice messages a couple of times a week or one. That doesn't work. Then we are not. Then we are out. Absolutely, right. absolutely. Thank you so much for today's time. No,
0: absolutely. this was fantastic, Gaurav. Thank you so much for coming on and spending the last you know, uh, half hour, 45 minutes with us. Uh, uh, I think that this interview is full of golden nuggets for founders. So I hope, uh, I hope uh, they, yeah. they took notes. And if they didn't take notes, go back, re- <laughs> re-listen and write those things down now. Thank you, uh, so uh, thank you so much. And yeah, let's thank hope to meet up soon on, uh, on the golf course.
1: Yes, definitely. Yes. And thank you so much. Have a nice Thanks. day. Nice you
0: too. Bye-bye.